0: Fear attacks your security and undermines your convictions. It forces you to question your abilities and makes you decide between what is right and what is acceptable. Fear is the single greatest enemy of leadership and it desperately wants to disqualify you. So I ask you again, what are you afraid of? My name is Lane Johnson and this is Battle Leadership, where we believe the battle is where the character of the leader is revealed. Today we're continuing to explore the damage that fear does to leaders and their effectiveness. You see, fear causes us to question if we're sufficient to the task. It makes us question ourselves and it does it in very effective and insidious ways. Let's start looking at them. Number one, fear causes insecurity. It makes us compare ourselves with what we think we know about others. One of my favorite authors, Steve Furtick, said, The reason we struggle with insecurity is because we compare our behind the scenes with everyone else's highlight reel. Folks, comparing the gritty realities of life with the glossy fantasy of someone else's altered image will understandably bring discouragement. It's ludicrous to attempt to compare ourselves to something that doesn't exist. This will always produce defeat. Well, what is security? Security should never be trying to be as good or better than someone else. It must always be about motivating us to be better than we used to be. It's knowing that we're progressing towards becoming what we were created to be. It's not looking for shortcuts, but looking for growth, no matter how small. You see, instead of focusing on what people think we are, we need to focus on what is necessary to grow. Now, there are three lies that foster insecurity in us, and we're going to look at them this morning one by one Lie number one is that nobody else faces the challenges that we do. I've heard this my whole life, and I've said it as well. So have you. Life has been unfair to us, and we can't overlook what it expects us to deal with. In order to overcome this lie, we must acknowledge that each of our battles is different. And each is designed by our Creator to help us, and just us, realize our design and purpose. When our personal battles seem so much greater than what others face, it's because what we are expected to gain through them is different than what is expected from them. Great battles produce great leaders. Skirmishes don't reveal the true measure of the battle or the potential of the leader. It's battles that do it. The challenges and battles we face can be overcome and defeated. However, they must be fought. They don't just go away. These battles we face require three very important decisions to be made. First of all, we must decide to overcome the fear of the fight through a willingness to engage the enemy. Folks, no battle can be won without entering the fight. The sound of a coming battle should invigorate us with expectations of new victories to be won and new territory to be taken. Number two, we must determine to honestly face the weaknesses the battle has revealed. We must stop hiding our failures, excusing our weaknesses, and blaming them on someone else, and acknowledge instead our need to sharpen our skills and increase our effectiveness. Every battle teaches us to improve and grow so that we're prepared to face the next bigger opportunity and challenge. And finally, number three, we must decide if we're going to overcome these lies to do what is ever necessary to overcome the weakness and gain the strength that growth will bring. Our work ethic must cause us to attack our weaknesses, not our critics. My defeat or victory is determined by my willingness to attain the strength and tools necessary to win. The second lie that we face is the fact that everyone else is better at this than you are. You weren't prepared for this. You don't feel you have what it takes to succeed. Well, the first lie we talked about required three important decisions. This second lie requires a leader to perform three critical tasks. A leader is expected, number one, to lead others someplace they won't be able or wouldn't be able to go without him. You see, leadership is not a privilege or a position. It's a duty, a responsibility. If we're not accomplishing our purpose... We need to yield to someone who will number two, we need to decide to protect those we lead from the dangers encountered on the way to whatever the destination is. New ground and new battles are dangerous and the effective leader must focus on protecting as well as leading. And finally, number three, the decision he needs to make is he must help them to arrive better equipped than what they were when they started. You see, a leader and those he leads rarely begin with all the tools that they're going to be required. Instead, they must be gained along the way. Folks, if we allow the lack of adequate preparation to intimidate us from ever beginning, we'll never gain what is waiting for us in and at the end of the journey. Even if no one else is better equipped to do what has been required of us, we're We're destined for failure if we refuse to learn and grow in the process. It's all part of the responsibility of leading others. The third lie that fear brings into us is that we'll never be good enough. It tells us what's the use of trying to overcome what we'll never be able to defeat. Well, if you're going to be an effective leader, you must understand that you will never be sure that you are adequate to the task. It's, it's foolish to even try because you'll never know at the beginning of the task, what you're going to face in the journey. But growth is the process of assuming responsibility. You're convinced you're not equipped to handle while at the same time committing to acquiring what you lack in order to be fully equipped. This commitment to personal discipline and growth is inherent in every assignment of leadership. Being inadequate at the beginning does not imply that you will never be sufficient. It simply highlights the fact that you're going to be required to grow as you lead. If the required task does not demand a commensurate commitment for growth, folks, it doesn't qualify as a leadership responsibility. Growth is inherent in the assignment to lead. And if we refuse to grow as we're leading, we'll never be effective in our leadership style, overcoming this lie of inadequacy requires us to understand three important facts. Number one, the fear of never being good enough makes us rehearse failures rather than imagine possibilities. We end up really having more faith in our ability to fail than we do in our ability to succeed. This is the epitome of failure. It is allowing success to be suffocated before it ever has a chance to live. We see the failure more than we see the possibility, and we're more committed to believing it will occur than that we will succeed. We must learn to become tenacious in our heart to achieve and stop being convinced of the futility of beginning. We must believe that the true definition of grit and tenacity is a determination to continue to attack what has previously defeated us until it has surrendered, surrendered to our refusal to quit. You know, even if our first attempts fail, We must understand that failures are not death sentences. They are obstacles that need to be overcome. Each failure teaches us lessons and better prepares us for future opportunities where we get to succeed. Instead of listing failures as bullet points in our resume, we need to view them as scars that have prepared us for what we have yet to face. They don't defeat us. They qualify us. Each battle won or lost is a tool we're given to gain greater understanding and greater ability. Each battle teaches us to better prepare ourselves for the ones that will follow. You see, security is not the absence of a fight. It's an attitude of the heart that's able to relish each battle and find fulfillment in each small victory. When our definition of success is based on never having been forced to face defeat, we are measuring the triumphs of our experiences instead of the quality of our character. We're placing emphasis on circumstances instead of measuring our growth. Fact number two, leadership never shuns experiencing discomfort. It determines to be committed to gaining ground more than obtaining relief. It confronts the challenge and thrives in the midst of the battle. If we're afraid of facing something that makes us uncomfortable, we'll never attack the battle with the heart necessary to win. True leaders do not promise the absence of conflict. They promise their willingness to lead us through it. Battle leadership requires confidence that is born out of walking through battles, not in claiming to have never experienced defeat. Leaders who compromise endless victory or promise endless victory and freedom from defeat are making commitments from folks they can't, they can't keep. Let me say that again. Leaders who promise endless victory and freedom from defeat are making commitments that they cannot keep. They are arrogantly assuming that their confidence is all that is required in the battle. The truth is the battle causes casualties. Relationships, trust, futures are all placed at risk and the leader in the battle must be able to deal with and lead those that follow through these challenges as well. Not every battle will be won. and Not everyone that follows will reach the desired destination. There will be casualties along the way, but successful leaders learn how to deal with that and to encourage those that continue. Truly great leaders are honest about their weaknesses as well as the dangers that will be encountered in the journey. It instills in them a level of humility that is extremely attractive and powerful in motivating others to follow. They unconsciously provoke trust in those that follow because honest leadership always inspires confidence. On the other hand, overconfident leaders provoke suspicion and distrust because their arrogance is typically based in insecurities and fears. Insecurity creates arrogance and pride as a defense against fears of inadequacy. When I feel that I'm inadequate to the task and I try to hide that from you, the only way I can do it is appearing arrogant and prideful. I try to convince you of my confidence instead of being honest with you about my challenges. That never works, and it always brings about defeat. Fact number three Fear of failure causes us to lack confidence in our convictions and accept what is convenient over what is correct. The fear of failing becomes so strong that we choose to compromise rather than risking defeat. In other words, we're willing to take almost a victory if we can avoid the possibility of being defeated. Fear is a powerful force. If we allow it to, it will cause us to compromise our conviction in order to avoid consequence. It can make us more concerned about what will happen than what is right. As a result, it's a major cause of injustice. Justice? Injustice? What is that? Well, justice is the result of adhering to a standard of conduct that originates from a higher authority than the ones that it governs. Injustice occurs when the standard is modified to agree with popular preference. This friction between conviction and popular preference is where the real cost of leadership is manifested. When our convictions are overwhelmed by the fear of their cost, Temptation can cause us to deviate from what is right and embrace what is convenient and less costly. This occurs when our desire to be found acceptable exceeds our desire to lead. Battles are never won by popular opinion. They are only defeated through conviction and through commitment. Conviction really is critical in leaders. It's the compass that they use to navigate through the battle. Without it, the ability to make quality choices is eliminated. Instead of leading out of conviction, they end up following popular opinion. Leadership then ceases to exist and the crowd ends up running after promises rather than substance. And when the promises never appear, the result is just simply anarchy. Nobody is leading them to someplace. Everybody is simply promising something that they can't produce. This will always lead to compromise and ultimately a desire for everyone else to agree with the compromises you have decided to make. You see, when we sacrifice convictions in favor of acceptability, the shame of compromise becomes very real. And as a result, we begin to see anyone who opposes our compromise as the enemy. We see them as threats to our leadership and future goals rather than as evidence of our personal failure. We become extremely insecure because the convictions that have always guided our direction have now been sacrificed to a desire for immediate acceptance. You know, the real irony of this is that the moment you sacrifice your convictions on the altar of public approval, you immediately gain an army of opponents that you ultimately end up being prejudiced against. Clint Eastwood once said, I'm interested in the fact that the less secure a man is, the more likely he is to have extreme prejudice. The fact is, we stand on things that have no substance in order to hide the things that are lacking in our life. This loss of conviction will manifest itself in some very recognizable ways. Number one, people that lack conviction often become rude and angry rather than open and reachable. If I'm insecure in what I believe, then I have a problem with anyone who disagrees with me. We stop attempting to lead and begin trying to coerce. Since we no longer have the moral right of leadership, we default to the defeatist practice of intimidation. The primary motivation is to protect our position instead of producing progress. Unfortunately, intimidation causes defensiveness and a desire to dominate rather than understanding. The leader is no longer concerned with the effectiveness of his or her leadership. They are instead consumed with destroying anything perceived as a threat to their place at the head of the line. Progress becomes replaced with hierarchy and initiative is squashed in favor of compliance. This is when staff meetings become opportunities to berate poor performance instead of arenas for the exchange of ideas and synergy. This type of leadership leads to conflict and destruction instead of confidence and empowerment. You see, you measure success by comparing yourself. To the opposite or opposition instead of honestly measuring personal growth. When you're falling under this type of insecurity, instead of looking at your own personal growth, you end up measuring yourself compared to the opposition. You want to just be better than them, in your mind, is good enough. You end up searching for cracks in others' character and ethics in order to justify what's lacking in you. It's, at least I'm not as bad as they are. You determine that you're good enough as long as you're at least better than them. You end up investing most of your energy in trying to defame others instead of attempting to improve yourself. Does any of this sound familiar to the evening news? Sadly, this not only destroys the effectiveness of the participants, it also arrests any opportunity to accomplish something worthy and beneficial. In our state capital right now, we've got politicians that are more concerned about defeating their opponent than they are about accomplishing something justifiable and worthy. And when this fear causes us to focus on position and power, we've forgotten that the purpose of leadership is to serve, not to be in front. This type of animosity is played out daily on every cable news station. Progress is halted in favor of retribution. And defamation. In the case of our current political environment, we see candidates bragging about the scars they have inflicted on their opponents instead of the progress they have gained in serving their constituents. And finally, when you're insecure, you complain about their advantages as an excuse for your lack of performance. You you become jealous. If I only had their opportunities. When fear causes convictions to be traded for acceptance, efforts are expended for any excuse available to disqualify the convictions of the opposition. If it's possible to allege that they have an unfair advantage, it fuels the desire that their opinions be considered unfit for consideration. It's become extremely popular today to blame our origin for our destiny. This is usually done while simultaneously highlighting the advantages others have been given. As a result, instead of succeeding wherever possible, the accusers languish in their pity, expecting others to compensate them for their lack. The temptation to blame circumstance outside of our control is very powerful. Unfortunately, that same temptation is extremely debilitating because it convinces us that the opportunities are beyond our possibilities and therefore not worth the effort it would take to accomplish them. Instead of feeling enabled by the possibilities of opportunity, we decide to be defeated the moment any resistance is encountered. We justify this behavior by proclaiming the disadvantages that we have been dealt. You see, you end up fearing others the opportunity or resisting others, the opportunity to succeed out of the fear that they will progress beyond you. Leadership is not about making sure you're always first. Leadership is about making sure that the person leading is always the best qualified. As we stated the previous episode, fear always demands control. If a lack of conviction and standards causes insecurity in my position, I'll see others as a threat. All of this is the result of forgetting that leadership is a service that is offered for the benefit of someone else, not a position that justifies our existence. When we're fixated on being visible, instead of being useful, our legacy is going to be birthed in personal pride rather than leadership effectiveness. Folks, leadership is critical. Our cable news networks prove to us that it's becoming scarce. Whether you lead an organization, a family, or an army, doing it the right way and for the right purpose is life and death for those that follow. Hey, if you've enjoyed this, please follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn by searching for a Battle Leadership Podcast. Please subscribe to these podcasts on your favorite media source. I look forward to seeing you in our next installment of Battle Leadership.